Welcome to the Girl Gang Conversations, a podcast that's all about connection, sisterhood, and having conversations that matter. I'm your host, Sarah Stars, and every week I speak to inspiring women about the nitty-gritty of how they live with passion and purpose. We dive deep into our journeys, the obstacles we've overcome, our dreams, what's working for us, and what isn't. We're totally honest about what we're learning, what our daily rituals look like, and what we're struggling with. We don't shy away from the hard stuff, and we really go into it all. Spirituality, personal development, magic, routines, career, friendship, relationships, sexuality, and so much more. The most powerful two words in the English language are, me too, and it's my hope that these conversations help us all feel less alone. This isn't about preachy self-help or self-improvement. It's about self-acceptance and talking about the things that matter to us. Hello, and welcome to The Girl Gang Conversations, episode 65. You can access all of the show notes for this episode at Sarah Stars. That's S-T-A-R-R-S, sarahstars.com, slash podcast, slash 65. Today's interview is with Tamara Drayson, a.k.a. Wolf Sister. Tamara is a dear friend of mine. She's a shaman, Reiki master, supernatural potion maker, and tarot reader. I'm always so impressed with her grounded approach to personal development and spirituality, and it's such a pleasure to get to share her with you on the show. We talked about her journey with anxiety and depression, her shaman studies in Bali, how to get started with a tarot practice and really create a deep connection to the cards, and how she balances her business as a healer with her day job as a hairdresser. Hey, Tamara, how are you? Hi, Sarah. I'm great, thank you. Well, I'm really excited to have you on the show and share your incredible work with everyone listening and the way that we've been kind of playing get to know you before we dive into your journey and everything that you do is just to talk about a typical day in your life or what are the routines and rituals that anchor your day? Um, What are the usual? Well, my day normally starts with some kind of like meditation or Reiki self-healing or I'll pull some tarot cards for myself. Um, I try not to be too regimental with it because it kind of depends how I'm feeling and kind of just go with the flow. But I like to kind of start my day with me um, before I start kind of like getting busy with everyone else um, and doing my work. Um, And I always feel like it gives me a good foundation to just feel grounded and centered. Um, And then I kind of like either doing my one-to-one clients either in person or via Skype where I'm doing tarot readings or um, like shamanic healing or um, Reiki and then um, usually like once a month I do an event um, which is normally meditation based um, or has a kind of like a mystical theme of a workshop Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, so it's always, like, it's always really varied. If I'm doing like a day of treatments, then I'll always do a full self-treatment on myself. Um, or if I'm doing a workshop again, like I'll always do a full treatment on myself, um, before and after just to make sure that I'm really like recharging my, my energy. Um, and then, um, and I still work part-time as a hairdresser. So my day, yeah, my my weeks are so, <laughs> so different. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'd love to go into a little bit more about how you're balancing that in a minute, but I'm curious, like, I think I met you maybe 
a year ago um, at an alternatives talk. And, you know, knowing you now, you're just such a grounded person. You seem, you know, so spiritually connected, so kind of understanding of your own energy and the energy going on around you. But I know from, you know, talking to you and reading stuff that you've written that your life, like, looked and felt really different before you began exploring personal development and spirituality. And I'm curious, you know, what was the catalyst for you to begin making changes in your life? Um, oh, well, I think the the shortest answer <laughs> of the catalyst was I think I'd kind of, it was a, a breakup with a guy. I'd kind of like kind of invested a lot of energy into a relationship that I knew all along wasn't really <laughs> the right one for me. And when it, when, when it didn't work out, it really, really hit me. And um, it kind of really, it brought up a lot for me, all of kind of like my, um, like, kind of put like deepest darkest issues and fears and insecurities um and they're kind of they're all feelings that have always kind of shadowed me um but the kind of breakup was a real catalyst for kind of like well I'm attracting all these situations and it's obviously me <laughs> that's attracting it so is there something in me that needs to change so from there I kind of just took that kind of responsibility for myself um to kind of start putting the pieces back together of a puzzle that I wasn't sure what was going to end up looking like. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And so I know I think this can be a really difficult question to answer when we're like, you know, years years down the line from that catalyst point. But if you're like looking back on the, you know, maybe months or year after that kind of realization, can you think of any resources or practices or teacher that were really helpful for you early on in making some of those shifts? Um, well, I initially went to go and see the doctors because I think that's the kind of, that's what most people do, don't they? Like, yeah. I'm really happy, I'm going to go to the doctor. So <laughs> like everyone does, I went to the doctor and kind of kind of like let, let go of everything that I've been kind of like bottling up. I was really looking for help, but their kind of answer was kind of all they could offer me was antidepressants and it just really didn't resonate for me um and because I'd said I think the, well, the response that it still sticks in my mind was when I said I don't want antidepressants the doctor was kind of replied well if you don't want to help yourself I can't help you mm. um and it really it, it stirred something in me because I'm like I'm here because I want to help myself and medicating myself isn't what's gonna like move me forward it's just gonna for me it just felt like it was just gonna kind of plateau me and keep me in in a a safe space but it wasn't gonna help me kind of um move beyond that um and I kind of just said about having counseling so they kind of agreed to kind of put me forward um and then a few months later I got um I got like an email from a counsellor's saying like finally like my referral had gone through um and like offering me treatment and then um I kind of just started from there um so I kind of had counseling sessions like once a week which was quite hard because well at first I thought oh my god my I had my um um like first counseling kind of was it would you call it a review um like checking in yeah they're kind of checking in and just kind of I guess them checking me out and sort of seeing what I was about and I was like oh my god she's great like yep she really gets me I'm really well and then when I had my very first session she just kind of really got in and started doing the work (laughs) straight away and it wasn't just it wasn't just kind of like light-hearted chats about um 
kind of my day or what a dropout is kind of really getting into the nitty gritty of how I felt and what I felt and what what was really triggering that mm-hmm. um and re- like yes yeah, so she really got to the like the deep bits and at first I was like oh my god actually she hates me <laughs> why is she why is she doing this to me why is she making me go through this but um I stuck with it and it kind of each time it kind of like um got through and um in that in the meantime I kind of built up my um meditation practice which really helped me overcome like my anxiety and helped me feel a lot more grounded um and then like along like along the way I kept kind of like researching different um workshops for like crystal healing and intuitive like development and reading loads of books um and just kind of just trying to nourish myself yeah (laughs) in a completely different way to what I had been before um and then yeah and then I kind of like um had my first Reiki attunement and that really speedballed things for me um to kind of like move I don't know it's really weird I'd been having I think I'd been having the counselling for about nine months and we were kind of getting like getting through some things um but then I'd had this Reiki attunement and after that everything seemed a lot clearer um and things didn't feel as heavy and sort of after that even like my counsellor like kind of recognised that and recommended that that maybe it wasn't like something had shifted and we kind of started to tail off from the like weekly sessions and staggered it to fortnightly until we kind of like ended up sort of finishing our time together um but it really helped me create that foundation to kind of just see see through maybe like the false perceptions that I'd created and the coping mechanisms that I'd um taken on and why I'd taken them on and kind of recognizing them really helped me kind of realize my triggers mm-hmm. um, and then again like once you kind of realize those trigger triggers and the cycles that you go in it's a lot easier to kind of break free from them yeah there's such huge power in that awareness yeah so um so yeah and it's just kind of like been an ongoing thing from there really I think that's such a good example of how much you sometimes have to advocate for yourself in the healthcare system like I would in no way um be judgmental of people who decide that they need to take antidepressants I've taken them myself at various points in my life but I've also been frustrated when I know like I just need some help like working through things that are going on in my head that I feel out of control of but I know I'm not at a place in my mood where I necessarily like want or need to be medicated and having that be the only option presented to you I mean like my doctor, like, I think the last time I went through struggles with my mental health did say, like, you know, there are these diet and exercise changes, like, that you could make, but I was like, but I, like, I exercise, um, you know, like, I'm not completely sedentary and I eat really well. Like, just, yeah. just having, having counseling being such a difficult thing to get access to mm-hmm. is really tricky. So I think that's such a good example of even if it's, like, it's hard to find that strength within yourself at the time to just just kind of stand up for yourself in that way or if you're struggling to have the mental fortitude to do so like maybe have a loved one who can advocate on your behalf and speak yeah. with your healthcare practitioner yeah definitely and I think it's also thinking that or knowing that maybe if that doctor doesn't resonate for you there are other doctors that will mm-hmm. so never take that as your only option <laughs> yeah because there are so many out there but like I've I think the reason why I was so strong against being on antidepressants is because I had been put on, on them at quite a young age. And I think it just kind of, for me, I was just like, well, I've been there, done that. And I, I'm, I'm, I, for me, it was the time to do something diff- 
different. Yeah, like I think I had that experience too of being on antidepressants as a teenager and um, I remember like seeing this psychiatrist and he didn't even speak really good English. So it's not like we were having like this very deep communication <laughs> about like what was going on in my head, but he would just, every time I went there, if he's like, well, if you're still having those anxious feelings and feeling depressed, then we'll just up your dosage. And it's like, so it was becoming more and more medicated and like literally like more and more twitchy and less and like having less and less appetite, but have no more kind of coping skills for like the long term, right? Like wasn't like building up any mental fortitude or tools and things. And that's, that's the stuff that like counseling can really provide. Definitely. And that's the thing. I think that's why I'm such an advocate of like self-care tools. Mm. So finding things for you that help you kind of, that help anchor you because it's not about kind of healing yourself and then being completely enlightened and nothing ever bothers, bothers you ever again. And life's just easy. <laughs> yeah. Showered with like blessings from the universe. It's kind of, like it's having those tools that get you through those hard days but knowing that the kind of that's not the be all end all also yeah absolutely so you mentioned getting a reiki attunement my parents did reiki when i was little but i think i feel like it's something that i still don't fully understand i've had um gone for you know reiki healing sessions but i'm curious just to hear you explain it like what is reiki and and what kind of what shifts can it create or what what can it do in the body and the spirit so Reiki, um, in the simplest description, is um, it's like universe. Reiki translates as universal life force energy. So, what um, the it's a Japanese healing practice. What it does is it um, when you have the attunement, it activates you as a channel for that energy. Um, and then when you can, when you do level one, it's kind of mainly for self treat self treatment, but for like friends and family and pets if you want to as well. And then you kind of got the other levels kind of enable you to kind of do it professionally and teach others. But Reiki essentially is the energy. Uh, it helps you to kind of like clear through your blocks um, and kind of restore you to harmony. So not again, not to kind of whitewash your feelings and pretend they're not there, but just to kind of create a sort of um, a grounded um, and kind of harmonious a kind of foundation for you to kind of work through what you need to work through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think general general kind of feedback from Reiki is that it just helps you feel really relaxed and really calm um, and maybe inspired or helps you sort of sleep better than you normally do. Um, and um, I think it's just kind of like, it also it's the epiphanies that come from that. Like when you allow yourself to just be, um and breathe and still your mind um and the things that kind of like the the intuition that's activated from that um is kind of really activating as well I think um and I think that it's just it's just having that again it's back to having that tool for yourself yeah and so if people were to like to book in for a Reiki session, what could they expect to kind of have happen? What would you be doing and what would they be doing? So if they came to me for a Reiki session, um, they would be um, like, I'd guide them into a relaxed state. Um, they'd be lay, laying on the therapy table, um, fully clothed. <laughs> um, and I would then kind of like work the en- like channel the Reiki energy and kind of like work through their chakras um tuning into any areas that feel like they have got an energetic blockage 
um, or tightness or heaviness or any areas that they want to kind of work on that maybe things have been coming up in their life that yet they want to kind of feel a bit more clarity or confidence in um, we can use Reiki to kind of like amplify their energy centers as well um, so yeah so if, say if they haven't been feeling very grounded or um they've got a lot of change going on around them then you can kind of use the reiki to kind of focus on their root chakra um so that they feel more um centered and balanced or um if they've been kind of dealing with like trauma or kind of like emotional kind of um distress then working on their kind of heart chakra and their solar plexus will also kind of restore that balance that's really interesting and so i you know i know you're um I guess a Reiki master now, but another pivotal part of your journey, I guess, was going to study shamanism in Bali. And I'm so curious to hear more about, you know, well, I guess starting with what sparked that decision, like what made you decide to go and do that training? Well, when, when I first started meditating, um, I basically saw it as the world's worst meditator because I kept seeing animals in my meditation. And I was like, I'm supposed to be switching my mind off and not thinking about anything, but I keep seeing these animals. And then in the end, I ended up, and it was a wolf, a wolf that was always coming up for me. I ended up Googling it, and the message and the medicine for the wolf was just so, like, spot on for what I was going through. And then each other animal that kind of came through, I was just like, oh, my gosh. It ended up being a bit like a oracle for me. Um, and then I remember going to a, like, psychic development circle when we were kind of tuning into people um, and doing different exercises, and I was kind of describing a situation for a lady but I was just seeing lions and describing that and then she she kind of said well her mum was a Leo and the the energies and what I was kind of explaining was kind of to do with her mum um and then that's kind of where she suggested that shamanic um healing arts were kind of like maybe the, the direction that I um should be exploring so it kind of went from there really and then I was just kept I think once I got a taste for healing and the buzz the buzz that it gave me kind of like naturally and the shifts that I was feeling in my personal life from doing that, I was like, I want to go, I want to go on every workshop. <laughs> I want to yeah. read every book. I want to go to every retreat and I didn't care where, where I went. Um, but I kept kind of applying to go to retreats and they kept like not, they kept falling through and not getting back to me. And I kind of like was getting so frustrated because I'm like, I'm showing up. Like, why, why isn't this happening for me? Um, and then I decided that I wanted to go to Bali because I'm half Indonesian. Mm. So it was kind of a bit like going, like a sort of a bit of a pilgrimage to like my family heritage. Um, and there again, like back on <laughs> Google, um, looking for retreats and teachers. And I just kind of kept coming back to this um, lady's website, um, this woman called White Star. Um, I kept coming back to her website and um, and then I kind of, but all of her retreats weren't aligned with the dates that I was there. Um, but I thought, oh, I'll just email her and just sort of see what what she could do or if there's any other things that she kn- knew of that were going on when I was going to be there. And then she um, invited me to do an apprenticeship with her. So, um, and because I was going to be in Bali for like two months, I kind of just um, thought, well, I'm going to be there for a while. So yeah, so had like, I kind of signed up to sort of doing a couple of hours a day with her and then I'd have like do like do all of my like shamanic practice um and like intuitive um training 
and then um, kind of have the time and the rest of the time to explore Bali. <laughs> wow. And so what did that um, what did that training look like? like? What kind of things were you learning about and doing together? Well, it kind of it started off with the kind of basics of kind of psychic development. So activating your third eye and your intuition and um, and then kind of seeing auras and reading chakras and then kind of like again attuning yourself more and more to sort of seeing energy and feeling energy and kind of deciphering what that means um and then that went in in, from there we kind of went into um like the shamanic healing practices so soul retrieval um like shamanic journeying um and um we kind of go go through it all together so I'd get to, she'd get me to kind of do treatments on her or like sometimes other people to kind of um like practice what she was teaching me so it's all really hands-on mm-hmm. um which was the, which was great for me because <laughs> nowadays with everything online <laughs> it's so theory-based isn't it yeah yeah absolutely that great. sounds fascinating yeah so yeah so it was great to kind of just kind of just really be in that in that space and just to totally immerse myself in it and like not not have to like have my day job to go back to or other kind of like usually like the usual kind of responsibilities and it was nice to just kind of like have those two months to just kind of like be there and really absorb it and soak it in and the Balinese have got such um uh inherent spirituality kind of like interwoven with their culture so it's just really great to see like another way of living Mm -hmm. alongside that sort of spirituality and everything that I was learning and what has it been like to bring that kind of knowledge and practice of shamanism back to this like very busy bustling city this very modern life like how has that felt for you and has it kind of integrated smoothly yeah I think yeah I think it definitely has I think it's definitely integrated smoothly because I think it really grounded me in myself in a way that I'd never been before Mm -hmm. and um and just it, again, it gave me those tools to kind of when everything does get busy and hectic, whatever, to protect my energy and recharge my energy and sort of like, um, and also just to see see the world with a lot more compassion um, and not to take things personally. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of, um, it's been also, I think, learning everything that I have learned. It's like actually seeing that. it's translating that into real life as well because ideally like yeah it'd be great to live in Bali for um like all the time and be able to do that work but I think this kind of work and these principles um need to be brought into our day-to-day life here especially with everything being so busy yeah that makes so much sense to me because often we'll like go on a retreat or do a workshop and it feels so blissed out in the moment and obviously like big shifts can occur but it's like when that's not anchored in tangible ways to bring them back into our daily life like it feels like it slips away so quickly and yeah yeah and that's the thing that's what we're I think the spiritual teachings are there to incorporate it into our daily life it's not just for being on the retreat it kind of yeah like you said otherwise it just feels so fleeting doesn't it yeah absolutely and so I know you've mentioned you've talked about meditation a few times and I'm curious you know, are there any other practices or any specific meditations that you think are really great practices for bringing that kind of groundedness, that self-connection, um, that intuitiveness into our daily busy city life? Um, well, I have to admit, I love a guided meditation because I'm not always that 
disciplined <laughs> to mm-hmm. sit there and sit there unless I'm doing a Reiki treatment on myself or I'm doing like I'm sort of doing a like I'm channeling or I'm doing um like ta- like tarot cards sort of meditation I do like a gra- um a guided meditation because sometimes we need I think we do need that discipline of someone telling us what to do <laughs> it's too easy for our minds to wander um and um to kind of like to be grounded as well I think also just like get a note like having an active meditation such as like getting out in nature um and kind of just really taking in like the the animals that are around you and kind of using it as a vision quest and um like just breathing in the fresh air and just being around that green or those gorgeous like autumnal kind of like um like russety hues at the moment mm-hmm. like, that's like for me I think it's just like really grounding ourselves like we need to get outdoors <laughs> um and be kind of like in nature I think that's like one of the best grounding um things especially with life being so busy and kind of hectic yeah and so you mentioned guided meditations um which I love as well do you have any favorites at the moment um what am I I love Gabby Bernstein's ones I still go back to them um and I I'm trying to think what and there's one that I've been by my friend Claire recommended to me that by Beat Simpkin for like Lou Lemon. Mm. Um, that's I don't know if you've she's from New York, um, but yeah, that's a really like lovely one. I kind of I find one that I love and I end up just doing that, <laughs> that one on, on repeat. So that's kind of like what I've been li- listening to lately. I do that as well. Like I'll go through like a phase of it and then I'll get to a point like after maybe a month or so where I'm like I'm ch- I know this off by heart and it's not like. Yeah, it's not taking me to the same place and I have to switch it up, but yeah, totally. Yeah, but it's nice. And then, like, sometimes, like, I'll do, um, like, angelic breath healing with um, oh, yeah. Giles. Have you done that before? I have. I've done it in person. And then, um, what is it called? Like, Rama TV. Yeah. Um, and done some of those. Yes, they're so amazing. Yeah. I'm not really – I'm, like, a little bit confused about whether I can do angelic breath healing now or, or, like, any types of breath work now that I'm pregnant. Like, some people say that it's okay and some people say that it's not. And mm-hmm. so I just haven't done any this, yeah. Yeah, recently. <laughs> <laughs> but it's incredible. I mean, like – because I guess you're, like, essentially taking yourself into an altered state and the kind of – the kind of stuff that you can see and realize and experience is really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. And I was like, like you, I've done it in person a couple of times and then on Rama TV. And I find like even it being online, the, the, the experience is equally profound. Totally, because the practice itself, and like I think it is, she talked about it being really important to like at least be doing it with, um, with the guidance of like a recorded voice. Like, yeah. Um, because... I guess she had experiences where she kind of went so deep in the practice that she couldn't mm. easily bring herself out of it. So, but like just the practice itself and, you know, having her guide you into, into that breathing style is just, it's incredible. Yeah. 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 It is like, and it's the power of the body as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's accessing that kind of like that altered state without the need of kind of plant medicines or anything kind of external. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like that being able to go into that state. And I guess that's a big part of like, I don't, I don't know that much about shamanism, but having read some books like that ability to do that, like with drumming and stuff as well, to take yourself in that state. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, preconception with shamanism is that that directs a lot of people quickly 
link it with plant medicine and ayahuasca because I think that's quite a a buzz buzz thing right yeah but but from my experience like you can have that epiphany and that um that healing experience without without the need of um doing anything like that mm-hmm. so I really always love reading your tarot posts on Instagram and like I've had a tarot deck for kind of I don't know I want to say like three or four years, but I've always felt like kind of a dabbler. I don't feel very, um, I don't feel like I, I speak the tarot and sometimes, you know, reading tarot books or like certain people's interpretations of the tarot, which, you know, obviously work really well for them. So again, not a judgy thing, but it just doesn't really speak to me in my life. And then when I read your, um, kind of experience and interpretation of the tarot, it's just, it's very, um, like modern and very kind of connected to the original energies of the cards, but also to like, you know, where we're at with our lives now. And I'm just curious to hear more about like, how did you go about developing that affinity with the cards? Um, well, I've had my, I've been working with the tarot since I was 14 and I'm 32 now. Um, and it kind of, first of all, I just, I'd have the deck and I'd be like, when, like being 14, you know, like your main issues are like, will I pass this exam? Will I get a boyfriend? Does so-and-so like me? Um, so it'd be that and I would just go straight to the book, um, the guidebook and kind of use that as kind of my answers. Um, and then kind of like as time's gone on, like I've gone, done various courses and just had that time to kind of like taking that time to do daily journaling with the card and like pull that card and each card like the tarot is like it's known as like the book of life like each card has um like each card in the major arcana so they're kind of your your big player so that would be like starting from the fall going up to the world if you've got the sun like all of the kind of um, main archetypes that are in with the major arcana are kind of like life phases mm-hmm. or like life stages and then you've got the minor arcana which are kind of the suits and the kings and the queens and the knights and the pages which are um, more the kind of the characters and the kind of different energies around that but um, into within the tarot is a lot of symbolism um, so like you said, like it is like that, it's kind of bringing that symbolism out into this modern, like modern life. So I'd kind of like use the kind of write notes on what the symbolism was for the card. But then I'd also see how that was playing in my life. Mm. So I'd look out for, say, I'd pull like, say, say like, um, say I'd pulled like the moon, <laughs> the moon. And it's just like, okay, so what does the moon represent? And also like, and it's not just in the book. It's just like, what does the moon represent for me when the moon is full? How do I feel? Uh, what happens when the moon is out? And kind of like looking at that, like that interaction um, and how the moon's energies kind of like work with me. And also like how my interactions are in that, are happening in that day bearing in mind that I've pulled the moon card yeah um so yeah it's just kind of like yeah journaling and just seeing what that means and also just showing up like certain cards um could represent different people in your life um so kind of again like getting to know the deck and kind of playing with them and just being like okay so this like I've got the king of wands and the king of wands represents um like ambition and creativity and um maybe he's a little bit impulsive and then it's okay who who is that in my life right Um, and what energies is that how do I feel around that person what does that inspire in me and kind of yeah like getting to know the cards as if they're people and friends Mm. um again it brings it to life a little bit more rather than just kind of taking it out of the 
guidebook. Yeah, I think that's such good advice. I did take um, Veronica Varlow's tarot class once, her beginner tarot class, and she had like really simple journaling exercises to kind of create a personal association with that card. And I think that was really helpful. And if I probably stuck with that practice of like going back to those associations and like expanding on them and just like really going in depth with it, that seems like, you know, you're just really creating a relationship with them. And so has that been the main thing, like rather than trying to memorize them by rote of really as each card comes up? Like, do you, did you kind of do it as, like, whatever card you pulled, or did you kind of go through one by one and get to know each of the cards? Um, I've done it in different ways. So I've done it one by, like, because I've done courses. So in the courses, they, like, they get used to it, like, one by one, and you get to know, like, each of the cards. So you kind of get, again, you get that foundation kind of textbook awareness of each card and their kind of, their symbolism. But then it's kind of, like, using it in my day-to-day, like, right, I pulled this card. What's that bringing up for me? Like, how am I feeling? And then also it's, like... Uh, I've got this card again. Mm-hmm. How was how was I feeling last time when that came up? Like, am I in that situation again? And then actually thinking, okay, like maybe I'm in that situation again. Like, how did I get myself out of that situation? Um, and again, it's like sometimes it's just looking at the pictures and it's how it makes you feel. Yeah. Um, it's like taking little like key um, key little pieces of the artwork that like oh, okay, that's drawing my attention. What what is that evoke like? invoking within me like what is that waking up or what is that stirring or what don't I like about it or what's exciting me about that card Mm, that's really yeah that's really interesting and so when you pull a card for the day um and you do like a little bit of thinking about it is it something that you come back through the throughout the day like do you have any kind of ritual around that yeah I remember um on my birthday um this year I pulled um I pulled the hangman and Mm. I pulled it and I shared it on Instagram and then that day we got stuck in the worst traffic and <laughs> literally the hanged man couldn't have come to life <laughs> even even more so again it's just like you get the longer that you work with the cards the more the more that you get to know them mm. and sometimes extreme things will happen that will really embed that in your memory um of what what to kind of be aware of if that energy is showing up for you um but yeah, I think it's just kind of like I'll med- I'll pull the card, I'll meditate, I'll close my eyes, and then I kind of like ask the card what it's trying to tell me and how I feel with that card, and have open a kind of like dialogue with it. I love that because I think that there's like a trap that um, we can all fall into with any kind of self help or spiritual practice of like looking to these practices and rituals or teachers or whatever it is like looking to them for the answers instead of seeing them as mirrors or seeing them as entry points to like go deeper within ourselves and like for me that's totally what the tarot is it's not like oh like here's like you know some you know it's it's fun to ask the cards questions sometimes that are a little bit like predictive but like for me the like deeper power is like okay like how can this help me get really clear on what's going on for me right now and like what I'd like to do about it yeah, it's the, it's the mirror. Like, it's the, for me, I think the tarot, in a lot of ways, it's not a, it isn't, well, it's known as being a fortune-telling tool, but it isn't. It's it's the most, um, it's a really powerful tool for personal development because it really shows you up everything, even when you don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you're willing to, like, look beyond, like, you know, look at the guidebook, but then, like, look within and be like, okay, what does that actually yeah. mean for me? That's so powerful. And so I'm curious, you know, you mentioned you've taken some courses before. Are there any that you'd really recommend as like, yeah, this was super helpful for me? Yeah, well, the only person that I have done courses with is um, a lady called Tiffany Mm-hmm. Um, So I've done um, 
like some of her she she used to do workshops in London at Mysteries Um, I don't don't, a long time ago I don't know if she still does them um and then I've done her like like long online course for like professional I can't remember what it's called um professional like tarot reading but yeah she's an incredible teacher um and again really grounded with it Cool. Well, I'll definitely link to that from the show notes for um, for anyone who wants to check it out. And do you have any favorite decks that you're loving these days? Um, I'm loving the Star Child. Me too. The artwork's so dreamy. Um, but I'm still I still feel like I'm getting to know it, and I that's why I like sharing it on like doing it and sharing it because also like on like my social media because it's nice to hear back what other people feel and mm. think when I share with, with that artwork or the, the message or the meaning, cause it's not just kind of like down to my interpretation. Um, and the wild unknown deck is like my, like the first deck that I ever really bonded with. Um, and I love the spirit speak tarot. Oh yeah. I've seen you post that one. It's, yeah, yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah. But they, I find that they all have their, they all have different energies, like different personalities. So I kind of I'll intermix which ones I'm using. I never kind of um use just one. Um it kind of yeah, depends on my mood or the energy the kind of like yeah, the questions that I'm asking sometimes. Yeah. Um so I am curious also to ask you about, you know, like there's so many so many of us who have had been bridge jobs as we move into like more spiritual or healing work. Um you know, I've had many and now I kind of like just, you know, I don't even think it's like really a bridge job anymore. Like I'm working as a BA, but I also, you know, do other things on the side that are more creative and spiritual. And I'm just curious to hear how you're finding that balance, like being a hairdresser and you're a healer and it feels like your kind of presence and, um, you know, audience for your healing work is really growing this year. And I'm curious, like, how does that feel for you? How does that balance feel? Um, yeah and like do you plan to kind of keep that balance going for the future if um if I no yeah <laughs> so, uh, no um if I yeah at times it does feel really overwhelming um trying to balance the two um but kind of at the moment my boyfriend and I are saving up trying to get a mortgage so that we can get our own place um so kind of again like real like root chakra stuff I kind of need until we get the mortgage I need to kind of have the um the bridge job um and it's good because I think it's it's like with my business it is growing and it's kind of it's each time you kind of go up at like not up a level but you kind of like your business builds more like it you get other kind of things that you need to be doing whereas I think at the beginning it's like yeah I'm doing treatments I'm doing readings it's great now I have to do like invoices and emails <laughs> and schedules and there's there's so much more that kind of like an admin that comes with that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it's it's fun trying to sort of like juggle it, but it's kind of I love getting to do like I love doing my events, I love doing my one to ones, like I love um, doing my readings. So that's what kind of like drives drives me through, and that's kind of like what I kind of touch back on when I'm like feeling a bit like ah just. <laughs> stop doing my day job but I yeah. can't yet <laughs> no I hear you um 
because now that I'm working from home, it doesn't really feel like having a day job anymore because I can like work on my book in the mornings and then do some client stuff. But like it does, it, I just remember it being so overwhelming having kind of a day job and like building this business on the side and especially as the two really start to compete with each other. So I think that's really good to remember like why you're doing it and especially like you said, you guys are saving up, like remembering that that's allowing you to do that. That sounds really really good mindset to have I think something that can be difficult as we we make these transitions yeah yeah it is like and also it's just like with my um I remember reading in um Big Magic with Elizabeth Gilbert she's like don't make your passion like pay the bills Mm -hmm. don't put that pressure on that and like actually I do feel really grateful that I have got my bridge job because it means that I can create with my business with like Wolf Sister not because I'm like, oh, I've got to pay the bills. Like, yeah. I'm not putting that pressure on it. So like, I'm doing it because I love it. Like my, the, my hairdressing job is covering the bills and doing everything like that. So it has got, Wolf Sister has got that space to breathe without that kind of financial pressure. Yeah, that was like such a game changer for me too. Like that I get to still do paid work that I love doing during the day, but that also I no longer have to put the, my full livelihood on my creative work. And so I don't yeah. have to do things that like, aren't maybe exactly how I want to do things because I know it'll bring in money for the month. It's like you've got so much more freedom and flexibility, like you say, which I think is sometimes like a perspective that's hard to have when you just like really want to leave your day job and people forget like there is actually this kind of um, you're funding your passion and you're there is like a benefit and security to that. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it is good. And I do love my hairdressing job and like my clients that I've got are fun and like I they're kind of leaning – gradually leaning into <laughs> what I'm doing the mm. conversation like they're sort of like slowly getting their head around what I do and kind of like end up get, getting like book recommendations <laughs> or um sort of like different kind of like self-care tips um or kind of counseling sessions <laughs> I love that because that kind of like extends your reach and in this like yeah. sneaky way you get to to bring these really powerful concepts to people who maybe yeah. wouldn't seek them out and they can have this great synchronicity like well, that's yeah. what I learned at the hairdresser exactly and that's, <laughs> it just helps me it helps keep me grounded rather than just expecting that everyone knows what I do and <laughs> it, it helps me kind of refine my message to people that aren't sure what it's all about mm-hmm. um which is which I think isn't like which I like um because I don't like to kind of like be too pushy or in in your face with it all um but it's nice kind of when eventually people are like, so what crystals should I get for? <laughs> yeah. Like, Whoa, like even like the girls at the cell are like, can we go crystal shopping on our lunch break? It's like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, awesome. So it's like, it's just, it's just kind of like, yeah, fusing it into like every, every avenue um, organically, which is fun. Yeah, Absolutely. So I have a couple of questions that I like to ask everyone. And the first is when it comes to your own personal or spiritual development, what are you working on learning or implementing right now? Um, I'm actually like, it doesn't feel very, well, it doesn't sound very spiritual, but is it feeling quite spiritual for me? It's a, I'm doing a copywriting course. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Just to kind of like, again, help me get clear on explaining what I do <laughs> because it's so with energy work I think with the tarot people get it to an extent they kind of really know what it is so you don't really need to explain it but with energy work a lot of people kind of I think they're kind of open to it but they're not sure about the relevance to them Mm -hmm. because it's not necessarily a tangible product um it's more um 
it's more like a feeling, isn't it? Um, so it's kind of, I've been doing this copywriting course, just help me just get clear on like my message and how that, how I kind of like help teach people what it's about and like how they can help themselves. That's really cool. Where are you taking the course through? Um, it's an online course, um, called the copy word. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's, it's really good. It's hot. It's like intense. Yeah. It's really like, I'm finding it really empowering and it's really kind of like, um, really busting through a lot of my fear blocks. Really cool. I think that seems like such a smart thing to do. And I can see how by having to get really clear on your message and really articulate what you do so that you can put it out there more that that is like really a big personal and spiritual step because you have to, you're getting so much more visible, which is scary. (laughs) Yeah, really scary. And Um, so, so no, no, um, with this question, it could be totally frivolous and fun and silly, or it could be like the most serious thing in the world, whatever comes to mind for you. But what's one thing that you're obsessed with these days that's making your life better? It's got to be crystals. Yeah. That's, that's like a forever, forever thing. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, crystals are my main, like one of my main obsessions. Um, I just got back from the Brighton Rock and Gem show. Oh, amazing. Got some, got some like goodies there. But um, crystals, I just have this um, this thing, like I work with different crystals all the time and like with my treatments, with my clients one-to-one, like I use the crystals. Um, but they kind of, they, they activate, each crystal has its own personality and it kind of like, they they support me go to go through different kind of different um I guess go through different challenges that I'm kind of like experiencing and also like open open myself up in areas that maybe I kind of um haven't known how to before so yeah each time a new crystal comes in my life I'm like whoa what are you teaching me (laughs) oh amazing (laughs) so um and then yeah and then it's kind of like fun getting to sort of like know that and like kind of like work through that and then again like being able to use that with my clients Mm -hmm. really cool um so just as we wrap up how can people work with you or support your work um people can work with me either one-to-one um like in person I work in Chompsford um but I also I've got treatment room there um but I also do like Skype sessions like for tarot readings and like all of my healing treatments um I can do via Skype um which is always that super fun um and I do events like in usually in London um and they're kind of like I everything I share on Instagram um and on my website which I'm just kind of in the middle of re revamping um so yeah so on my website's got all of my like links to everything um and then I've got a few guided meditations on SoundCloud um and then Facebook and Twitter (laughs) amazing we'll have those links in the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out and thank you so much for I don't know just sharing your journey and I think giving us so many more avenues to start exploring things regarding our spirituality and energy I'm really excited thank you so much for having me Sarah I've loved it you can find the show notes for this episode at sarahstars.com slash podcast slash 65. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you enjoyed it, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. It will make a huge difference in helping me make big things happen with this podcast and reaching more people who can benefit from these conversations. You can write whatever you want in the review. So why not let me know what you're obsessed with lately or who you'd like me to interview next? 
And if you'd like to join me in conversations like the ones that we have on the show, please join me in Girl Gang HQ, our private Facebook community. You can just type Girl Gang HQ, as in headquarters, into the Facebook search bar and request an invitation to join. I'll approve you right away. Next week's interview is with Kelsey Cronkite. Kelsey is my client, and she's the owner of the incredible design business Pinegate Road. Kelsey and I talked about her journey to being diagnosed with endometriosis, how it changed her life, managing her life with chronic pain, and how she sustainably built up her business over five years before quitting her day job. Until then, grab your girl gang and have a conversation that matters.